0: Welcome in to a special edition of Locked on Knicks. We were planning on recapping the two weekend games for Monday morning, but the Knicks made a trade in the midst of today's game with the Miami Heat. Started getting reported last night and finally went through today. Derek Rose is coming back to the Knicks from the Detroit Pistons, and the Knicks are sending out Dennis Spitt Jr. and Charlotte's second round pick this year which currently is slotted around pick 40. So, Gavin, we got a little bit to talk about as far as that's concerned.
1: Yeah, very exciting. We're going to go – or maybe not that exciting. We're going to go into the implications of all of it, uh, what this means for Emmanuel Quickly, what this means for Alfred Payton, what this means for Austin Rivers, who's getting dealt, who's going to stay. We'll talk. We'll speculate. We'll give you our best ideas next on Locked on Knicks.
0: You are locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. He starts.
1: Without a five.
0: Ewing for the win. Yes. Hubs left. Now fires it. And he's good. And he's fouled. He and he's he out.
1: And he's Anthony for three.
0: Pictures. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Like we said, Derek Rose is a Nick now. I am Alex Wolf. I am the editor in chief of Knicks Blog The Strickland. You can find us at the Strick on your web browser. He is Gavin Shaw. He is a play-by-play announcer by day uh, during non-COVID times and the Knicks podcaster by night or on Super Bowl Sunday in this case, Gavin. We're taking a little time before kickoff to talk about this trade. So again, the terms of the deal are Derek Rose comes to the Knicks in exchange for Dennis Smith Jr. and Charlotte's second round pick this year. Currently slated around pick 40. Uh, I'm not... I mean, if this was still the Knicks only second round pick this year, I might be a little more heated about this. But as it stands, the Knicks have their own draft pick and Dallas's draft pick in the first round, which both look like they're going to be top 20 picks at this point. Uh, And then they also have the Pistons second round pick, which right now is looking like I'd be really surprised if the Pistons can get their overall odds for the season lower than maybe the third best odds for the first round, meaning that their second round pick will probably be one of the first three picks of the second round. So the Knicks already have three picks. I mean, we saw this past year they were reluctant to make three picks in the draft and ultimately traded away their, their uh, second round pick to, you know, just kind of push it further down the line. So, uh, you know, them moving themselves down to just three picks for this upcoming draft, not surprising. And it's realistic to be completely honest. So I'm not really, shedding any tears over losing that pick. So effectively, I, I just said this on locked on now, our new, uh, little initiative where we give quick reactions to things like the, the Knicks in a vacuum, essentially got Derek Rose for more or less nothing like Dennis Smith jr. I don't think he's an NBA player at this point. He was getting ready to play with the Westchester Knicks right now after he voluntarily went down there just to try to get his head straight. Maybe he could do something for Detroit while Killian Hayes is out. Who knows? Um, Good luck to them <laughs> if they want to give it a shot. Uh, I'm not too sold. I mean, I was the biggest Dennis Smith guy for a long time, but I'm not too sold on that anymore. And then, you know, like I said, you give away a second round pick that it, you honestly just kind of had a surplus this year. And you get back Derek Rose, who like, I don't know, as much as Knicks fans probably have a a sour memory of his time here in 2016-17 for that one season, you know, he he's, I think, become a better player since then. Uh, in the sense that he's kind of learned his game more at this point in his life. He's a better three point shooter now and has been for about the last three years. Um, he's still pretty good at driving and maybe still doesn't look to create for others as much as he should, uh, particularly at this point in his career where he's not a full on offensive engine anymore. But, you know, I, I think he's shown some growth late in his career. But, Gavin, like, what do you think? about this Rose acquisition as far as just the, I guess the fit in the, you know, where he's at in his career. We'll talk about the whole like quickly and Peyton thing in a minute, but like just from a purely Rose perspective, how do you think he fits with the team?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's just a better version of Alfred Peyton and and not a much better version, a a slightly better version. I I don't, I'm not going to say I've watched a ton of Detroit Pistons basketball this year, but uh, my presumption based on what I've seen from him in the past and, and, and what I know about him um, is defensively he'll provide approximately the same value as Alfred Payton, like occasional, occasional flash plays. And, and then mostly like average to below average defense outside of that. Um, and then offensively obviously gives you a little bit more juice, like e- even coming off all the injuries, um, 10 plus years into his NBA career, uh, he still he still has that ability to explode around the basket, finish through contact, um, and in turn, uh, maybe just create easier shots for other guys on this team. And obviously, Peyton does a little bit of that, but I think with Rose's ability to take contact and hang and find guys, um, it, it's a little bit of a different dimension. But I think you were sort of getting at my key point, Alex. I, I just don't think he really moves the needle in any way. The one thing offensively I'll say to him, and I'll say for him, and you were hinting at this, is it's definitely an upgrade in terms of three-point shooting. Rose is a 33% three-point shooter this season on just under three attempts in 23 minutes per night. So if he's playing, uh, God forbid, 30 minutes a game on the Knicks, uh, maybe you're looking at four attempts per game. If he can maintain that accuracy, that's below league average, particularly for a point guard that's not very good. But when you consider that Alfred Payton is historically bad, three-point shooter who I, I actually, uh, because I have no interest, I haven't looked at his numbers all year. I would guess he's hovering somewhere around 20% from three. that That's a pretty significant upgrade. And he's a guy that you just can't absolutely leave alone. I, I was like you, I was kind of fascinated to look at how improved his three-point shooting was. And it, it was a very big deal. Um, his last season under Tom Thibodeau in, in Minnesota where he got all the way up to 37%. And granted, it was on a relatively low number of attempts. He was coming off the two worst three-point shooting seasons of his career, including when he was in New York. He was in 64 games as a Nick. He was at 22%. So I think that was partially a product, at least, of him just being left wide, wide open. And interestingly, again, right now he's at 33%. His MVP season in Chicago, when everyone said, oh my God, the one thing with Rose is he just can't shoot at all, he was shooting essentially the same percentage on two more attempts per game. Um, I don't know if any of that means anything. All I'm going to say is he's he's a shooting upgrade over Alfred Payton. Uh, The bigger bigger question, Alex, to me is what this means for the next guard rotation. And uh, I'm thinking we should maybe take a break and then come back and answer that.
0: Yeah, real quick, I'm just going to leave everybody with a couple stats to chew on. Uh, Last year, Rose did not shoot very good on pull-up threes. Uh, according to NBA stats, shot 22.8% on those, but shot 42.2% on catch and shoot threes last year, which were by and large, not his most common shot, but you know, on, on about one attempt uh, per game, I guess, roughly, uh, he shot 42.2% on catch and shoots, 22.8% on 1.9 uh, pull-up threes per game. But... I will say this year so far, shooting a little better on the pull-up, which is way it would be a huge skill to have on the Knicks if there's anything real to it. So in 14 games so far this year, uh, or sorry, in 15 games so far this year, he's shooting 35.7% on pull-up threes on about one attempt per game, uh, but his catch and shoot number has actually gone down a decent amount. Granted, it's a small sample size. He's only, you know, again, he's only played in 15 games so far this year. But if he can offer the Knicks anything like 33% on, cap- or on pull-up threes, you know, that's, that's a huge skill for them that they don't have outside of Emmanuel quickly. And maybe you're actually in a situation there then where despite the many differences in their games, uh, you can actually have that consistent thread all the way through the game with Rose and with quickly of being able to pull up and take threes. The other thing is that Derek Rose, and maybe we could sort of get into this a little more in the next segment, Uh, but Derek Rose versus Alfred Payton, assist percentage this year, Alfred Payton is at 20.6% assist percentage. That's really low for a point guard. Uh, Derek Rose, on the other hand, the last two years, last year was at 40.5% assist percentage. This year at 33.9%. Those are the two highest marks in his career outside of his MVP season. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Outside of his MVP season and the season after. So those are his two highest marks in assist percentage uh, for his career otherwise, other than like his his brief and shining peak in his early 20s. So I, those two things I think bode pretty well. Uh, and and the fact that he's sort of, he's been pretty vocal when he was, you know, on Detroit this year of of saying, you know, I'm okay with being a mentor at this point. Um, So, yeah, that's just a couple encouraging numbers to look at, to think about, to chew on. Uh, But, yeah, we will take our first break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about the effect that this is going to have on the point guard rotation, which I think is where we run into the more troublesome side of this whole thing. So we'll get into that next segment on Locked on Nick. We're covering everything you need to know about the Knicks, but what
1: about the rest of the sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Quick reminder, because I always forget, uh, head over to iTunes, throw us a five-star review. Fine with four. I'll take four. is pretty good, but preferably five. Anyways, Alex, let's get into it. Uh, Derek Rose traded to the Knicks. Uh, the big question now is, what does this mean for the rest of the Knicks rotation? And that—that and that is sort of my bugaboo, if I'm allowed to use that word, with this whole trade. I really, I, I just, I don't like the implication for Emmanuel quickly. When you already had another guard Alfred Payton that, despite consistently playing worse than him, and uh, Tibbs' uh, post-game insistence after this loss to the Heat that playing time is defined by how well you play, which is it's clearly not true. Um, why add in another veteran that's going to be in his way? And obviously it's it's an upgrade, so that's good, and that's, that's better, but it just feels like a means to further justify not playing him, And I know that sounds conspiratorial and very reasonable. People will say, look, Tibbs Tibbs knows this basketball thing pretty well. Uh, Clearly, there's an underlying reason why Quickly hasn't earned those minutes. Um, And then there's some question as to whether uh, Rose will just replace um, Austin Rivers in the rotation, which I know was reported by Mark Berman. You mentioned to me before we started recording that Woj also hinted that Rivers could potentially be in play as a target for contenders looking to shore up their guard depth. So there, there are a lot of possibilities here maybe Peyton and Rose get a lot of run together maybe Rose and quickly get a lot of run together but I, I guess I just don't necessarily get the need for this deal even if the Knicks aren't giving up a significant amount with the Charlotte pick and Dennis Smith Jr
0: yeah I, I'm kind of in the same way you know like it's like I said in a vacuum this trade is good you know if this was a situation where the Knicks were really depth hungry, and needed you know a point guard like the last I don't know however many years I mean there were times last year where because of injuries it was like the Knicks only had like one viable point guard on the roster at any given time quote-unquote viable you know what I mean it was like Frank was it for a little bit DSJ had to play significant minutes for a little bit due to injuries Alfred Payton was playing tons of minutes due to injuries you know some years that's just the situation with the Knicks this year they're finally all healthy right now and now you know, it's been a struggle to even fit certain guys into a 10-man rotation. Like we've already seen Knox get booted from the rotation recently, because he was struggling, and it's like, well, if you're struggling, like we're actually playing pretty well, so you know, you're out. Um, you know, and Frank hasn't been able to get playing time since getting healthy again. You know, so you have these young guys already on the bench that are struggling to find time. And you have this like stable of veteran players that are all getting consistent time, like Austin Rivers, you mentioned, has been, quite frankly, stinking it up lately and still is getting, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game, no matter what. Even if he comes in and he's stinking it up again, he's just left out there for whatever reason. Um, you know, so it's, it's a little concerning that now we have this situation where, particularly after how this weekend has just gone down, that they're now making this trade where... You know, we're finally starting to feel like, okay, maybe the time for quickly to start is coming soon. Like before that game against Chicago the other day, we were like, oh, man, it's going down. Like he's he's going to take over for uh, Alfred Payton and life's going to be good. And, you know, we're going to finally have our young point guard installed in there as the starter. And like Payton can start working his way out of town and whatever. And then all of a sudden Payton goes off for two or well, he goes off for the one quote unquote big game against Chicago, which we've already noted was, you know, largely just due to the fact that he was allowed to get to the rim a bunch of times and happened to make his layups that day, which he didn't in today's game, which like we'll get into in the recap. But, uh, you know, he, it, we're now in this situation where quickly, even without a Derek Rose on the team, who's one of Tibbs' like, favorite players ever, uh, has struggled to get more than, you know, 10 to 15 minutes per game the last two games. And, that's troublesome. I mean, quickly, quickly is like probably one of the best, probably it might even be the best young player on this team. Um, you know, our, our friend Dallas Amico started, you know, kind of speculating on Twitter. And I think we have an article coming out on the Strickland in the next couple of days. That's going to address this as well, as well of like quickly might be the next best young, young asset right now. Yeah. And or, or at least the one with the highest
1: upside if he's not the best right now. Or or yeah, yes, exactly. maybe 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 he is the best right now. I don't know. But
0: he might be the best right now and have the highest upside. Like he might have both those titles, which is saying something because RJ Barrett still looks amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, but he he might be the highest potential player on this team, and now you're putting him in the same, you know, time told situation that the Knicks always seem to do, which is putting these players in front of him to block him and make finding playing time difficult for him. And so this move kind of confuses me a little bit in the sense that unless they're planning on cutting ties with Peyton sometime soon, because as we already said, like, you know, I think that Rose is an upgrade on Peyton. He's basically just like a, a version of Peyton that does everything better than him at this point in his career. I think, you know, if that's, what we're getting then cool, but you need to also find a way to sever ties with Peyton, which is difficult because since he got signed a back-to-back one-year deals, he gets a de facto, no trade clause on his contract. So you can't really just like offload him to whoever for whatever, uh, you know, you pretty much have to cut him at this point. And I, I would love if they just cut him, but I, I also don't know if they're going to, because they've clearly prioritized playing him overplaying quickly. So it just puts us in this weird situation. I, I guess it's going to take a little while for us to figure out how to judge this, but you know, we're, we're going to have to give it a few weeks once Rose gets in and then gets acclimated and everything else. It should be a quick transition because he's played for Tibbs twice now. Um, so you'd think that he'd be able to step right in kind of like what we've seen with Taj Gibson, where he got to the team and then had to fill in some spot minutes today and was great. Um, you know, so hopefully it'll be kind of a similar integration process with Rose but it's mostly then what happens to Peyton which then is a direct correlation of what happens to quickly because if they then start even just being like okay well Rose is going to more or less take Rivers's minutes and quickly will be untouched in the grand scheme of things well then are you moving quickly to Rivers's role of being off ball secondary creation type stuff because I think we've seen you know quickly's best with the ball in his hands I don't I don't think that they need to be finding a way to like turn this guy into an off ball player or something, because he's clearly very good with the ball in his hands. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky situation and one that, you know, I'm willing to wait and see how it works out. And maybe the Knicks have some other moves up their sleeve, but uh, it, it's a little concerning for now, for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm, um, I'm with you. It just, I mean, the whole, we we've talked about it so many times, so I don't know if this is the right form to go. Go completely in depth on it, but it just—it's infuriating to see it continue to happen in the Knicks to finally get that stroke of of good luck, and then to just kind of be seemingly too dumb to recognize it. And and it, it's it's weird from from I don't know if you feel this way, Alex, from like an analyst position because you get people on Twitter saying what you think you're smarter than Tibbs, and I'm like, no, but maybe maybe myself and you and like a bunch of other media people are, are right about this one thing I mean clearly the guy's fallible he's been fired from his last two jobs he's not we're not talking about Greg Popovich here um, I it just seems like such a blind spot and it's I would love um, and it's, it's kind of frustrating to me that um, he's just so like seemingly whenever he's asked about it like he's dismissive it doesn't want to go in depth because I think he could quiet a lot of the like debate and arguments about if he gave the practical basketball reasons, why he prefers Alfred Payton out there and why he prefers um like seemingly now to bring in another veteran who, who will play that role. And if he's like, look, like ultimately like it's about defensive coverages and sure the stats are better when when quickly's in there, but you guys don't see that we're having to make this isn't this adjustment, then it takes too much energy from Randall, or we have to play this scheme that's working right now, but probably isn't sustainable to cover for quickly. Like, at least if, if Tibbs is willing to come out and say something like that, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's why you need a vet in there. But until that point, we can just kind of go by the fact that they're much better when he's on the court. And uh, seemingly, it's a boon to everyone he plays with um, when he's on the court, because they have a lot more Room to operate, and and that's where Rose is kind of fascinating because as you were sort of getting into last segment, he's kind of an in between option analytically in 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 terms of Peyton to quickly where he doesn't necessarily bring everything quickly does to the table, but he's much better at the rim. Theoretically, more equipped to match up with particularly physical point guards, though at age thirty three, I mean, who knows how true that is? Um, and uh, he he does some of the same some of the same good things, but not all the same good things as quickly, and is an improvement on essentially every argument that Peyton had for being on the court. So if the Knicks use him in an optimal way, which to me is is as a sixth man and maybe even occasionally playing next to quickly and and given like who the Knicks could maybe end up with next year's draft, I don't mind quickly getting some minutes off the ball. It's just the idea that if you're going to totally take him out of the rotation or limit him to under 20 minutes a night, you're doing the current team and more importantly, the future team, um, a major disservice. And, and the, the, Greater argument to this is Alex, and maybe we want to take a break and then talk to it. I just don't know, like, how much is Rose raising your ceiling, even, even versus Peyton? And and I think the the counter argument for the Knicks would be if we're only trading a middle second round pick and Dennis Smith Jr., you don't have to worry about that question. If it means two wins, then that's fine. I just I don't necessarily see the utility in that for the Knicks. But I think that's that's a more fair debate than um, directly talking about quickly versus Peyton or quickly versus Rose.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's, Let's take that break and then we'll come back and we'll kind of finish up our discussion on this whole thing. Plus, give just a little bit of extra insight on a Austin Rivers rumor. All right, and we're back to Locked On Knicks. Of course, Derek Rose trade is the the subject of this episode and when you need fantasy basketball advice, like how this trade is going to affect Rose's fantasy value. It's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of locked on fantasy basketball than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, locked on fantasy basketball, wherever you get podcasts. So Gavin, we ended off the last segment kind of talking about like the, just the impact of Rose coming here versus you know, how, how it's going to work with Peyton already installed and, you know, how it's going to affect quickly and stuff. One thing that I will say, like I am. So this quote comes from the Detroit news from uh, Rod Beard had taken this quote in the preseason. And this, this was something that I had remembered from the preseason that made me feel or makes me feel now a little better about if the Knicks can find a way to move on from Peyton, you know, be it trading him to a contender. It, I don't know who would want him. Maybe, Maybe the Clippers who were interested in Rose would be willing to give up a lower price to get uh, to get Peyton, maybe. I, I don't know if Peyton okays the trade there to go play for a contender, whatever the case may be. But Rose, at this point, seems to sort of understand where he's at in his career and what his role is. This is a quote that he had uh, about Killian Hayes in the preseason. So I'll just read this off. Rose had said, I already talked to him and told him that he was the future of the team and there's no competing. That's about Killian Hayes, of course, then said, my job here is to push him and groom him into a great player. I have to get on him in practice as much as possible, because in the game, he's a kid and coming from overseas and guys are going to try to play aggressive with him. So it's my job to play aggressive on him throughout this whole camp. So the one we get into a regular game, he doesn't feel that much pressure. So, of course, the, the key part of that is the very first sentence, which is I talked to Killian Hayes and told him that he was the future of the team and there's no competing if Rose understands that and he comes to the Knicks and brings that same mentality of like, I'm 30, what is he? 32 now I'm 31, 32 years old, whatever. He's 32 years old. He comes in and he's like, I'm 32 years old. I've been in the league for X number of years. My prime has passed me. I understand that I'm here to mentor. I'm here to provide some good play, you know, under my old coach, Tom Thibodeau. Um, You know, I'm here to, you know, help elevate the Knicks to a certain degree, but also I'm not, here to get in the way of Emmanuel quickly or RJ Barrett or anybody else, then that would be really productive. I think for the Knicks, like if you can straight up one-to-one replace Peyton with Rose, I think this could end up being a really good trade because, you know, as much as we have our issues with how Rose played the last time he was with the Knicks, um, you know, maybe just issues with him as a player in general, he is pretty well respected, you know, by younger players, especially like, Emmanuel quickly probably grew up and one of the players that he was like in his formative years watching, you know, as, as like a kid when he was first getting into basketball was probably Derrick Rose in his MVP season. Like, you know, th- there's a lot of respect out there for Derrick Rose in the NBA, just purely for his play. If you leave all the off court stuff to the side, which, you know, th- we don't need to relitigate that. That was taken care of on Locked On Knicks way back when in like 2016 when Rose first came here. There was the trial going on and everything else. You could take what you want out of that. But on the court, I think the players really respect him. Um, And I I think that now he's finally reached that point of maturity that Alfred definitely doesn't have yet of saying, this is who I am. I'm, you know, a backup on a really good team. Maybe I could spot start on this team. But I'm here to see the Knicks along to the Quickly era. Uh, More so than to turn this into the Rose era. And and I think that that's different from the last time Rose was here as well. The last time Rose was here, I think he was trying to resurrect his career and be like, I'm leaving the bulls. I'm coming to the Knicks. This is a fresh start. You know, we're going to do some stuff. It, it had the famous idiot, stupid brain quote where he said like, Oh, they're calling us and golden state, the super teams. Now nobody was saying that, uh, <laughs> you know, that was not a thing. And the Knicks were not a super team then. And Rose was entirely too self-centered when he played with the Knicks the last time around. But, you know, we're, we're almost five years down the line now at this point. And, you know, it's I, I think it's a different Rose that's coming to New York that understands his role better than Alfred Payton, who we consistently get on for doing stuff like seemingly freezing out R.J. Barrett and not looking to pass to him. You know, when he's wide open, it's like. RJ literally has to have no defender within like 10 feet of him in any direction for Alfred to even consider passing RJ the ball. Um, and that's only begrudgingly after he like, you know, misses a read to Randall or something like that. So yeah, I I think that in general Rose from just a personnel fit perspective could be better here uh, than Peyton for sure. Just like as far as what he brings to the locker room, as well as what he brings on the court. Uh, so it's it all kind of hinges at this point on getting rid of for Payton. <laughs> as much as I don't want to like be a jerk to him, but that's just kind of what it seems like to me at this point, Gavin.
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, I mean, I'm curious. Do you do you think at this point that Elf's going to be the one that's gone? Because it seems like all the intel is that he's going to take Austin Rivers' minutes, and then Austin Rivers is is magically going to get traded. I, I, I I'm excited to hear the contender that has watched Austin Rivers this season and said. You know what? That guy, that guy can help our team, and maybe, maybe it's the Knicks literally trading him for not like for cash considerations or something to a team that that has the room to just absorb him, or for, or for whatever guy that the team would theoretically cut. Um, I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm surprised that I mean, I, I know Woj noted it, so I guess it's a real thing, but I'm surprised there's any kind of market for him based on how he's played this year. But if, if the Knicks can somehow maybe get the second round pick back for him, uh, more, more value to, uh, more power to him. That would be, that'd be amazing. But I, I think we should prepare for a scenario where Peyton's on this team the rest of the year. And I'm not, I'm not even arguing that that's the most likely result. Like I think there's a chance that they try to make it work for like five to 10 games. They see that it's not, they see that um, quickly's, Minutes are declining. Maybe there's a, there's a rally outside of Madison Square Garden. Um, I don't know. Um, and they eventually decide to trade him. But if they don't, uh, what does this look like? Is there a world where Tibbs is, is benching Peyton? To me, what the, the thing I wouldn't understand about that is if he's willing to continually play Peyton over quickly now, what's going to change? Is it just that quickly is would nominally be a better fit On the court with Derrick Rose, or in the minutes that Rose isn't on the court, is it just always going to be Peyton and quickly is going to turn into like a backup two guard? Uh, What do you think about all that? Like, how do you think that plays out?
0: I mean, I hope that's not how it plays out because I don't think, you know, I think I already noted this earlier in the show, but I don't want quickly to turn into, you know, we were finally starting to see flashes right before this, like, quote unquote, hot stretch from Alfred Peyton. We were starting to see flashes of quickly you know, as a lead guard and making lots of plays for his teammates, you know, turning the the double teams that teams were throwing at him into opportunities for his teammates very easily. You know, I I think there's, it's very easy to imagine a world where quickly could be a point guard, you know, and I think some people are probably still stubbornly sort of clinging to the pre-draft notion maybe, and maybe Tibbs is one of them of like, Oh well, he was a, a stopgap as the backup point guard, but we don't really want him as point guard. He's more of an off guard. I, I think he's shown at this point he could definitely be a point guard. You know, he's more scoring focused than your average point guard, but I think that he definitely can create for others, and he definitely has the smarts to turn the attention that he gets into looks for others. Um, so I don't know. It's it. I hope that that's not the plan because I, I just think that that's damaging for his development. You know, you finally you've been if you're a Knicks fan you've been clamoring for that that you know good young point guard for years now and you know we've clung on to Frank Millakina for like 3 years trying to see whatever we could see in him to you know anoint him as that we you know got Dennis Smith Jr in the Porzingis trade and I know I at least you know tried to hold on to that dream as long as possible and now you finally have someone who's <clears throat> putting up legitimate NBA minutes and scoring at an nba level or like i mean at times at his best he's looked like an all-star you know as a rookie already out of the point guard spot so why would you want to screw that up and be like oh you're an off guard now now you're going to play the role that we've had austin rivers playing for basically the whole season i just it doesn't track to me i don't i don't understand it um so i hope that's not the thought process i I think maybe there is a world where they're ready to move on. Like, I definitely think they're ready to move on from rivers. It seems like Um, whether they're willing to move on from uh, from elf as well, I guess is a whole other story. Uh, I don't know for sure that they're going to, but I think that that's the only way that this is going to turn into a favorable situation for the future of the Knicks and the future of quickly is if they do that because Tibbs seems to have the same love affair with Peyton that, Every other Knicks coach has had so far, you know, same as Fizdale, same as Mike Miller, where they just seem to love playing him and getting 20%. You know, actually, to be fair to him, he's shooting 25% from three this year. Oh, my my, feels my like mistake earlier. Sorry. Yeah. Even okay. though it feels like he's shooting 10% from three this year, because anytime that he, he ever needs to make one that matters, it, it clanks. Dude, okay. Not to turn this into a game recap thing. Maybe I should save this, but I mean, Alfred's literally so bad at three point shooting that he creates fast break opportunities for the other team because his shots clang that hard that they literally start a fast break for the other team. It is just disgusting, and I'm tired of watching it. Um, so, hopefully, with this move, it means that they're ready to move on from Alfred Payton and get sort of an upgrade in Rose. Uh, and maybe this whole Payton showcase for the last few days has been to try to showcase him for a trade. Who knows? Uh, but. I guess we'll see, but I think that that more so than anything, more so than how Rose plays, what the Knicks gave up for him or anything else, it, the Peyton situation is going to be what defines this trade more so than the trade itself.
1: That, that's an interesting theory and I'm, I'm ready to glom onto it because the alternative is that uh despite all the good he's done, uh, Tom Thibodeau, I, I really, I like, maybe this is, this is kind of hot takeish and to be clear, I've said it a million times. I think in the aggregate, Tibbs has done a really good job, and what he's accomplished with Randall is nothing short of a miracle. Um, the fact that I know the Knicks don't actually have the number one defense, the fact that if you use like just the base statistic of, of points per game allowed, the Knicks have, quote-unquote, the number one defense in the NBA, that's a miracle. So I don't want to turn this into like crap all over Tibbs, but if he genuinely thinks Alfred Payton is, is more useful for winning, um, then Emmanuel quickly is maybe myself and a lot of, a lot of other people on Twitter. And this is probably the most logical explanation. Just, uh, cannot comprehend, uh, basketball at, at the depth that he can. And I know, I know that's true, but particularly in regards to this point guard situation or the game has passed him by to some extent because, and I was getting into this with Dallas, but pull-up shooting is pull-up shooting off the dribble. I should say is the single most valuable skill an NBA player can have in 2021. Um, and Emmanuel Quickly is good at it right now. It seems like one day he'll be elite at it. And Alfred Payton is about as bad as it gets in the NBA and doesn't really do much better. That would justify it. Uh, again, with Derrick Rose, it's, it's a little bit more of an, an interesting comparison in terms of who's better. You start getting more into questions about what the Knicks should be prioritizing right now. And I think, I think we're, we're in agreement that at the end of the day, you should be prioritizing um, winning. I mean, I mean, excuse me, not winning. You should be prioritizing uh, development and winning down the road. Um, and the beauty of Emmanuel quickly is, and, and why we, we get so frustrated about this stuff, is it seems like you're serving both goals at once. They've been excellent whenever he's played this year in terms of plus minus. And that's that's all I can say at it. So I, ho- I hope that's the goal. And, and the fact of the matter is, like, I don't mind him necessarily playing with Derrick Rose as long as they're both getting reps on and off the ball. To your point, if he's solely the shooting guard, that's extremely frustrating because he's done great stuff as the lead ball handler this year, despite not having a full mastery of, of running an NBA offense yet. And that's something that will be more easily developed if he is the point guard and if he is on the ball. Um, I don't mind him spending some time off the ball, though, because the reality is the Knicks are eventually going to get another high-level ball handler, And he's like, whether it's someone like Kate Cunningham who's a big wing or someone like Sherry Cooper, who sort of um, plays like the CJ to his Dame or is the Dame to his CJ, um, that that could be reality down the road. And it's good for him to work like that too, as long as he's still getting some minutes as the primary guy. We should probably wrap up, Alex. I'm talking myself in circles, but I I think our our points could both be summed up as um, how this move goes down depends on what the next moves are.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And it's gonna depend on how the how the rotations go and if Tibbs is super in love with the idea of forty-eight minutes of Alfred Payton and Derek Rose at point guard, then maybe this trade is is gonna be trouble. But if if uh you know quickly is still prioritized and the young players on the Knicks are still prioritized in, in many ways, then maybe this could, you know, still be a decent trade yet. So I guess we will see. But in the meantime, this has been locked on Knicks. Uh we'll probably still talk about this a little bit on our post-game wrap-up which will be coming out tomorrow uh, for the two games this weekend where we'll talk about the you know the back-to-back matinees but as far as just the Derek Rose trade this has been locked on Knicks and uh, surely you'll be hearing more from us on this going forward but for now peace out